your humble host here for Sounds Like Radio. You've been wondering where I am. Well, I've been right here waiting for you. That's where. Yes. Hey, we got a goodie show for you today. The Great Gildersleeve is back. Yes. We've got the Great Gildersleeve on again. Oh, it's so good. After the whole summer, not being able to listen to Gildersleeve and all our great music, I tell you, I, I really missed it. Well, today's show is from September 19th, 1951. As in today, Great Gildersleeve will be meeting a brand new woman. Yeah. Ooh, she's Bullard's sister. That's the bad news. The good news, eh, well, it's all a brand new experience for Gildersleeve with this new girl. Paula Winthrop is her name. Uh, she was married to somebody, and I don't know what happened to her husband, but he's out of the picture. And now she's on the loose, and she's living over across the street at Bullard's house. Paula Winthrop. We're going to hear Gildersleeve's very first meeting with Paula. And also in today's show, Leroy. Little Leroy. He's going back to school. Yes, he has to go back to school. And you know how all kids hate going back to school. That is, of course, unless they are the teacher's pet. Then they don't mind it so much. Here is Doris Day and a stereo version of Teacher's Pet. Teacher's Pet I wanna be Teacher's Pet I wanna be huddled and cuddled as close to you as I can get. That's the lesson we're guessing your best in. Mm, teacher's pride. I wanna be teacher's pride. I wanna be dated and rated, the one most likely at your side. You gotta learn to learn. I wanna learn all your lips can teach me. One kiss will do at the stars. I'm sure with a little homework. I'll graduate to your heart, teacher's pet. I wanna be teacher's pet. I wanna take home a diploma and show Ma that you love me too. That you love me too. So I can be teacher's pet long after school is through. One kiss will do at the stars I'm sure with a little homework I'll graduate to your heart Teacher's pet I wanna be teacher's pet I wanna take home a diploma And show Ma that you love me too Wow! 
school is through. That's good news. Uh, it's always nice when the teacher kind of likes you, even if you don't have to give her an apple. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's true. She could like you on your own, you know. Hey, the Great Doris Day, a beautiful stereo version of her teacher's pet song, a classic hit from Doris Day from 1957. A very good year, I say. Yes, it, uh, now Gildersleeve will be meeting a new girl who could be his new girlfriend, and Leroy is going back to school. But when Gildersleeve meets this girl, he gets real curious. He wants to know who she is, and, and she's pretty mysterious. She ain't going to tell him who she is right off the bat. Yeah, she, she likes being the mystery woman. And that means Gildersleeve has to go home and, and think about her. And then he says to himself, Maybe if I take a little nap, I'll meet her in Dreamland. Like Fred Mertz, William Frawley here, and meet me tonight in Dreamland. There's ah, the gang, the Barbershop Quartet gang. They love to sing with William Frawley. Let's listen. Meet me tonight in dreamland Under the silvery moon Meet me tonight in dreamland Where love's sweet roses bloom Come with a love light gleaming in your dear eyes of blue, in your eyes of blue, meet me in dreamland, sweet dreamy dreamland. There, let my dreams come true. Meet me tonight in dreamland, under the silvery moon. Meet me tonight in dreamland Where love's sweet roses bloom Come with a love light gleaming In your dear eyes of blue Meet me in dreamland Sweet dreams William Frawley, he wants to meet his sweetheart just like Gildersleeve. Yeah, but he wants to meet his sweetheart in Dreamland. <laughs> meet me tonight in Dreamland. That's what Fred sings. William Frawley, bub from my three sons of Fred Mertz, of course, from I Love Lucy. Well, you know, Gildersleeve, he'd love to meet his girl in Dreamland. In fact, he'd like to meet her in person, sort of like what Peggy Lee would like to do. She says, I'm going to meet my sweetie now. 
She sings this song from the movie Pete Telly's Blues. She was in that movie. It's a Jack Webb movie. I believe, yeah, well, Jack Webb was in this movie. It was in color, too, from the 50s, 1955. Peggy Lee sings in the movie, and she sings it right here on Sounds Like Radio. I'm going to meet my sweetie now. Ooh, it's pretty good, too. Here's Peggy Lee. Hey, hey, clear the way. It looks like this is my lucky day. I'm gonna meet my sweetie now. Just can't be annoyed. Am I happy? I'm overjoyed. I'm gonna meet my sweetie now. Oh, what kissing. And oh, oh, what petting. Oh, what loving I will soon be getting. Yay, Bo, what a date. Here I go, I can hardly wait. I'm gonna meet my sweetie now. Cowbell never hurt nobody. I'm going to meet my sweetie now, Peggy Lee says. That comes from the movie Pete Kelly's Blues. If you see the movie, you're probably going to see Peggy Lee singing it because that came from the soundtrack album of Pete Kelly's Blues from 1955. Yeah, she wants to meet her sweetie Gildersleeve. He wants to meet his new sweetie and will Leroy... He's sort of out of luck, and this one ain't no sweeties for him. He's got to go back to school. Well, Leroy's going to face it like a man. Here is a September 19th, 1951 episode of The Great Gildersleeve here on Sounds Like Radio. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as The Great Gildersleeve. Great Gildersleeve is brought to you partially transcribed by the Kraft Foods Company. And Kraft, you know, makes the famous pasteurized processed cheese food, Velveeta. And enjoy the cheese food of top quality, Velveeta, made only by Kraft. (laughs) 
Christmas is the week most of the kiddies start back to school. This always creates a great deal of consternation and preparation throughout the nation. And in the city of Summerfield, there's one home contributing more than its share to the confusion. Yeah, it's the home of the great Gildersleeve. Come on, Leroy. Okay. Here's your lunchbox, Leroy. Okay, Bertie. Leroy, the judge is waiting to take us. Shake a leg. Uh, Leroy, let me look at that shirt. Oh, my goodness. Gosh, Marge, I gotta go. I thought I saw a spot on your clean shirt. You spilled prune juice. You'll have to change it. Oh, for corn's sake. No. Marjorie, it isn't bad. It just looks like a dark button. <laughs> what about them ears, Leroy? What about them? Bertie, I renovated his ears personally. Let's get going, Leroy. You'll be late for school. I was ready 15 minutes ago. Then Marge and Bertie started picking on me. Women. I just want you to look nice, Leroy. You want to make a good impression on your teacher the first day. What's the difference if I'm going to disappoint her the rest of the year? <laughs> Leroy, the judge is impatient. Unky, you would have to put our car in the shop this week. You now it's all my fault. Here, Leroy, put on this tie. Tie? Marjorie, the boy doesn't need a tie. Heck no, ties choke me. It's stuffy enough in a schoolroom anyway. Leroy, lift your chin. I won't wear it. Yes, you will. Now that you're older, you should wear one every day. You ever heard of a tie and blue jeans? <laughs> Let's get going. I have a meeting with the mayor. You're right, Judge. Uncle Mort, if you're going to meet the mayor, you should have a handkerchief in your breast pocket. Yeah, I have one in my hip pocket. I just, I just ironed your best one, Mr. Gillsleeve. Now you just run upstairs and get it. I'm going to run right out the door. Come on, Leroy. I'm way ahead of you. Goodbye! Leroy, did you polish your shoes? Shoe smooth! Excuse me, don't you want that handkerchief? No! Start the car, Judge. Hey, Judge, you're not very talkative this morning. Gildy, I'm happy to chauffeur you and Leroy, but I'm not in the habit of being kept waiting. It was the women, Judge. They wouldn't let us go. Change your shirt, wash your ears, or your shoes shine. And don't forget your breast pocket handkerchief. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose your tardiness is understandable. Of course, I have no such problems to contend with around my house. I get up in the morning, have my rye crisp and a beaker of Kalak water, and I'm off to the bench. <laughs> you don't know how lucky you are, Judge. No women. Well, they certainly made us late this morning. The mayor's going to be seething. Darn old women. Well, I'm afraid I'm late also. Blame it on the women. I'm telling you, Judge, they run the world. That's quite true, Leroy. Leroy, where'd you hear that? I heard you say it once. Well... <laughs> <laughs> You know what we ought to do, Unc? You what, Leroy? We ought to boycott him. Boycott him? Sure. Let's us three bachelors make a deal. Never have anything to do with him. You know, that's hard to do, my boy. <laughs> we'll let him cook our food and mend our clothes and keep house, but we won't have anything to do with him. <laughs> now, Leroy, someday when you're a little older, the right girl will come along and you'll change your mind in the twinkling of an eye. <laughs> it's true, isn't it, Gildy? Well, you'll recognize the magic moment. A chance meeting, perhaps. A drop glove. A lady in distress. Or an exchange of glances. You judge, here's the school. And the spark is ignited as the world stands still. And somewhere, bells begin to ring. I know. What's this, Judge? 
Gildy, you know what I mean. Well, I've never heard the bells ring, but I could be a little deaf. <laughs> no, Uncle's never been down for the count. He hardly looks at women anymore, do you, Uncle? You watch it, Judge. The lady's pulling out from the curb. What? Be careful. She's going to pull right... Oop, Judge. Now you've done it. You banged right into her bumper. It wasn't the judge's fault. Why didn't she watch where she was going? Women. Well, it appears the lady and I have locked bumpers. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's all right. It was our fault. It was not. Leroy. <laughs> we'll fix it. Gildy, get out and fix it. Yes, yes. You, why don't you get out? Well, I'm driving. That's obvious, Judge. Uncle, you stand on one side of the bumper, and I'll stand on the other, and we'll bounce the car. Leroy, the bell will be ringing any minute. I can get to my seat before the bell stops ringing. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, let's hurry. You'd only take a moment, madam. Bounce, Leroy. <laughs> Big car. <laughs> Doesn't bounce easily. That did it, Unc. She's clear, Gelda. Yeah, I know it, Judge. You're all right now, madam. No damage done. Hope you weren't shaken up. No, not at all. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's all right. I'd be running along now, so... 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 She's pretty. Well, thanks again. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Please. Yes? Madam, you miss... Mrs.? Ah! Yeah, this car you're driving, doesn't it belong to Mr. Bullard? Uh, yes, it does. Yeah, I thought so. He's a neighbor of mine, you know. Really? Ah, remember the deal! Now then... I'm sorry, but I must be going. Well, but I... I wonder who she is. Unc, get out of the middle of the street! What a beautiful woman. Gildy, the bells are ringing. a strange thing that happened to me this morning. I haven't been able to get her out of my mind all day. Auntie! You, what is it, Marjorie? Where are you going? Yeah, I'm coming home. Why? Well, you walked right past our house. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah. Exchange of glances. And the bells began to ring. Is something on your mind, Uncle Mort? Is something on my mind? You don't know. Nothing but my hat. You're not wearing a hat. <laughs> yeah, I must have left it at the office. <laughs> By the way, Marjorie, do you have any idea who was driving Mr. Fullard's car this morning? What's this? Does he have a girlfriend we don't know about? Oh, Unky, that's Mr. Bullard's sister. His sister? Well, great. <laughs> she has a daughter about Leroy's age. She has a daughter? Uh-huh. She and Leroy walked home from school together. Married. Uh, well, she was. About three years ago, her husband left her a big ranch in Arizona. Oh. Isn't she attractive, Unky? Well, we just exchanged glances. That is, all I had was a passing glance at her this morning. You know her name, Marjorie? Well, the little girl's name is Babs. I don't know what their last name is. Well, it isn't important. It means nothing to me. I mean, that is... Say, 
There's Mr. Bullard in the yard inspecting his chrysanthemums. I think I'll run over and pass the time of day. Uh, let me know what her name is, Uncle. No, Marjorie. As long as I'm going over, I might find out what her name is. Show a neighborly interest. Well, hello, Mr. Bullard. Good afternoon, Gildersleeve. Yeah, I see you're in your chrysanthemum bed. Obviously. <laughs> Gathering a bouquet for the table tonight? Yeah, I see you have company. Oh, you do? Yeah, I saw her in your car at school today. Well, bully for you. <laughs> well, I guess your sister, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Gildersleeve, if you came over here to get my sister's vital statistics, suffice it to say she was born in 1916, she's five feet five and three-quarter inches tall, and she weighs 118 pounds. Yeah. Well, and at present, she is very happy. Well, good. Good day. No, wait a minute. Gildersleeve, take this chrysanthemum. Me? Why? I don't want your trip over here to be a total loss. <laughs> He's a hard man to like. Bullard, practically forbidding me to meet his sister. It isn't as though I were a dolt. I'm the water commissioner. I'm a taxpayer. I own my own home. I have a right to know who my neighbors are. Hey, you! You, Leroy. What's the matter? Look at my bike wheel. That's a bike wheel? <laughs> what happened to the spokes? Babs knocked them out. Babs? Yeah, Mrs. Winthrop's brat over at Bullard's. Mrs. Winthrop. So that's her name. What do you care what her name is? Look at my bike wheel. No, Leroy, let's not get upset. How did it happen? I was riding down the sidewalk, no hands, and she stuck a broom handle through the spoke. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Isn't that a dirty trick? What are you going to do about it? No, Leroy, I can't imagine Mrs. Winthrop's daughter doing a thing like that. Oh, she did. What are you going to do about it? Well, I think I should take you across the street so you can apologize. Apologize? Me? Go along, my boy. Why should I apologize? I wasn't doing anything. Well, Leroy... I don't get it. She sticks a broom handle through my spoke, so I have to apologize. <laughs> I don't get it. Leroy, not so loud. I don't get it. Give me one good reason why I should apologize. Well, for one thing, there's a woman involved. And the man always apologizes to the woman. That's the chivalrous thing to do. But Yep, on the porch, Leroy, like a little man. This is silly. Leroy. I don't get it. Shh. Shh. Yes? Uh, pardon me, Mrs. Winthrop. I'm Trockmorton P. Gildersleeve. We talked briefly this morning. At school, locked bumpers, remember? Oh, yes. This is my nephew, Leroy. How do you do, Leroy? Hi. We live across the street. <laughs> I'm the city water commissioner. Yes, my brother Rumpson's been telling me about you. you well, don't believe everything he says. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, that is, we came over to apologize. Apologize? It seems your little daughter stuck a broom handle through Leroy's bicycle wheel, and he feels pretty bad about it. Don't you, Leroy? If you say so, Uncle. <laughs> That's the boy. Now, apologize. Oh, I, I'm afraid I don't understand. Leroy, you say Babs deliberately put a broom handle through your bicycle wheel? Yeah, and I wasn't doing anything. Well, then why should you apologize? Ask Unc! <laughs> well... Was the 
matter of fact, Bab should apologize. You no, no, the apologies are all ours. Well, why? You well, Mrs. Winthrop. Unc says there's a woman involved. Oh. Yeah, well, what I mean was, the man always apologizes to the woman. That's a chivalrous thing to do. Well, Mr. Gildersleeve, aren't you being a little mid-Victorian? Mid-Vic who? <laughs> oh. It all seems so silly. Yes, well, I just thought we'd come over and apologize. Well, what for? What's the reason? Well, I thought I had a reason when I came over. <laughs> Reason, Uncle. You just wanted to come over. <laughs> is the apology finished? Yeah. And so am I. <laughs> come on, Leroy. Let's go home. <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve will be back in just a minute. Let's see. Monday. Hi there, Bertie. What's cooking? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out, Mr. Heaston, just what Bertie's going to be cooking. I'm planning next week's meals. Oh, what's this you have down here for lunch, Bertie? Or, or here, where you have Velveeta apple sandwiches with bacon. Oh, that's one of Mr. Gilsley's favorites, Mr. Heaston. Mm, are they easy to make, Bertie? Yes, sir. You just spread slices of toast with Kraft mayonnaise and put a slice of good golden Velveeta on each one. Then just put a thick broiled apple ring on the Velveeta and top each sandwich off with two slices of bacon you partly broiled. Then Bertie slides those sandwiches into a medium oven till the bacon is crisp and the Velveeta's melted. It never takes long because Velveeta melts so easy. <laughs> and do they come out good? Well, I'll bet, Bertie. After all, Kraft's pasteurized processed cheese food is delicious with its rich yet mild cheddar flavor. And those Velveeta sandwiches stick to your ribs, too, Mr. Heaston. Right, you are, Bertie. Velveeta is rich in important food values for milk. So it's good for every member of the family. You know, even tiny tots can enjoy it because Velveeta is digestible as milk itself. That's why Bertie cooks with Velveeta so much, Mr. Heaston. <laughs> Velveeta is wholesome good. You're right, Bertie. That's it. Bertie cooks with Velveeta because it's wholesome good. I know, Bertie. Mr. Heaston, you know why Bertie cooks with Velveeta so much? Yes, Bertie. That's can... right, because Velveeta is wholesome good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, seeing Mr. Bullard's beautiful sister was the most electrifying experience the great Gildersleeve ever had. But so far, he's been thwarted in his attempts to be neighborly. She's so lovely. And I shouldn't have gone over there. She made me feel like a tongue-tied adolescent. Water Commissioner, you missed the boat. While the water commissioner flounders, let's look in on the Bullard Fortress and see how they're reacting to his latest sally. Rumson? In the solarium, Paula. Oh, there you are. I just had a little chat with you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, no. <laughs> he came over to apologize. For living? <laughs> no, but it was a strange apology. Leroy was riding his bicycle and Bab stuck a broom handle through his wheel. A terrible thing for her to do. So what happened? Mr. Gildersleeve came over to apologize to me. 
Oh, did he? Paula, I can read Gildersleeve like a book. A big, thick, very dull book. The only reason he came over here was to try to meet you. Oh, it was quite obvious. I suppose I should consider it flattering. Paula, how could you? Well, not every man would go to such lengths to meet a woman. I gave him such a bad time. You did? Paula, I'm proud of you. <laughs> You're a true bullet. Rumson, I think I should go over and speak to Mr. Gildersleeve. Go over there? Are you out of your mind? Well, it's the least I can do after what Babs did to Leroy. All right. All right. Go ahead. Waste your time with the water commissioner. After all, you're 36. 35. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, you're old enough to know what you're doing. Thank you. But you don't know what you're doing to your brother. Are you really going? Yes. After dinner. The heat has affected her mind. <laughs> Gildersleeve, this isn't like you, letting a woman ruin your dinner. I couldn't eat a bite. It isn't that I'm thinking about her. I'm just thinking what a fool she made of me. Oh, Morris. Yes, Marjorie. Mr. Peavy's here. He is? Uh-huh, he wants to drive you to the Jolly Boys meeting tonight. Yeah, well, I don't think I'll go, but... Come in, Peavy. Yeah, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> ready for your meeting? Well, I'm not going tonight. Thanks, Peavy. Hmm. Have a date, do you? Phoebe, I'll never have another date. Okay. Unky's disappointed in women, Mr. Peavy. You don't say. Uh-huh. <laughs> he met Mr. Bullard's sister today. Well, I met her too, but I didn't notice anything that would disappoint a fellow. <laughs> don't you let her fool you, Peavy. She's just another Rumson Bullard. <laughs> She's prettier. <laughs> I'll leave you two alone. Cheer him up, Mr. Peavy. I'll try. Yeah. Care for a wintergreen, Mr. Gildersleeve? No, thanks, Peavy. Let's see if I can remember any amusing stories told around the fountain today. You never mind. I take it you wish you had a date. Peavy, the lady just assumed I came over to ask for a date. Actually, I only went to apologize. Well, what did you do to apologize for? Yeah, let's not go into that. <laughs> yeah. She tried to embarrass me in front of Leroy. Just because she's a woman, she toyed with me, like a cat toys with a mouse. Well, women can do that on occasion. I know I'm a little mousy sometimes around Mrs. Peavy. <laughs> well, I'm no mouse. I can play rough, too. I'm going to rear up on my hind legs and have nothing to do with it. My, my. You know, I mean it, Peavy. From now on, Mrs. Winthrop can go her way and I'll go mine. In fact, I'm not even going to speak to her. Hey, Unc! What is it, Leroy? That Mrs. Winthrop's coming across the street. She is? Yeah, I mean... She is. What do you suppose she wants? Maybe she wants to play cat and mouse. <laughs> yeah, all right, Peavy. There she is, Unc. Uh, Mr. Gildersleeve, I'll slip out the back door so you two can be alone. Hey, Peavy, huh? stand to your ground. I'm going to. Yeah. Leroy? Yeah? Answer the door and tell Mrs. Winthrop I'm not at home. Oh, boy, will I? Why did she have to come over here anyway? Hi, Mrs. Winthrop. Hello, Leroy. I'd like to speak to Mr. Gildersleeve. Unc says he isn't home. <laughs> oh. Is there any message? No. And you didn't bother to tell him I called. Okay. Leroy. I sure fixed that, huh, Unc? <laughs> hey, you 
fixed it all right. Now I'll have to go over and explain. Why did you tell her I wasn't home? You said to tell her you weren't home. You didn't have to be rude. I didn't say to tell her I said to tell her I wasn't home. <laughs> yes, you did. You said, tell her I'm not at home. Yes, but... Didn't he, Mr. Peavy? Yes, he did. <laughs> Peavy, you keep out of this. I know what I'm doing. No, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> What a terrible thing to say to a lady. Well, she'll understand it was simply a boyish prank. Sure. Here she comes. I can hear her little feet on the hall carpet. What is it, Gildersleeve? Oop, bullet. <laughs> nice evening. It was. Yes, well, the reason I came over, Mr. Bullard, I'd like to speak to your sister, Mrs. Winter. Oh, Oh, well, I have a message for you, Gildersleeve. Really? Yes. She says she isn't home. <laughs> but I didn't say that. I know that. She did. No, wait. This whole thing is a mistake. You are so right. Good night, Gildersleeve. But, Bullard... Good night, Gildersleeve. Just a minute. Gildersleeve, you rain barrel Romeo, get off my porch! Rain barrel. That does it. Bullard, I'll never speak to you or any member of your family again as long as I live. Gildersleeve, I have only one thing to say. Ha! <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, ha to you, too. up in your car, Judge. We get ours tomorrow, don't we, Uncle? Yeah, tomorrow. It's been no trouble at all, Gilder. By the way, I understand the lady who captured your fancy yesterday morning was Mr. Bullard's sister. Judge, she didn't capture my fancy. Hello, boy, Uncle. Tell him. Now, now on, I'm having absolutely nothing to do with Bullard or his sister either. Women do nothing but complicate a man's life. You said it. Gilder, that's not the way you felt after you talked to her yesterday morning. As I recall, you were seeing stars and hearing bells. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, Judge. I did nothing of the kind. I realized right then that Paula Winthrop was just like Bullard. I saw right through her attempts to be friendly with me. She didn't pull the wool over my eyes for a second. What's this? Now, Gilda. You Don't you try to defend her, Judge. She's just like all women. You and all Bullards. You can't trust them. Next time I meet her on the street, I'll cross over to the other side. Now you're talking, Unc. Well, here you are, Leroy. Almost time for school. You better run in, my boy, before the bell rings. Okay. Oops. Who did that? Somebody smacked us. If they scratch my back bumper... You dim-witted drivers. Yeah. Mr. Bullard's car. Bullard. Yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. Let me handle it, Judge. Punch him in the nose, Uncle. Huh? Now, Gildas. Stand back, Judge. What's the matter with you, Bullard? Can't you see where you're going? You, you, you. It's you. Well, Mr. Gildersleeve. Paula. Yeah, I mean, Mrs. Winthrop. 
I didn't know it was you. Mr. Gildersleeve, wasn't that rather stupid of you, stopping right in front of me? Stupid? No, I... All you had to do was look back and you could have seen I was going to park here. Yes, but... She looks so sweet. But she sounds just like Bullet. What you doing, huh? Hurry up, Gilder. All right, Mrs. Winthrop. I'm very sorry we happen to be on this street. I'm very sorry we happen to be stopped right where you were driving. I'm very sorry for living. Are you really? Yes. Why don't you come over this evening and apologize? Rumson won't be home, but I will. You answered I'd be home. Yeah. <laughs> He knows it, Leroy. <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in just 30 seconds. One of the most helpful foods in my kitchen. That's what you'll say when you try Velveeta, Kraft's golden pasteurized processed cheese food. Velveeta tastes so good with its wonderful, rich, yet mild cheddar flavor. And Velveeta is so nourishing with its important food values from milk, you'll serve it often. Enjoy it in a hearty hot or cold sandwich, as a snack with crackers, or melted in an economical main dish. Make Velveeta your handy helper. Get it tomorrow. The cheese food of finest quality, Velveeta. Made only by Kraft. You were a knife, Paula. The full moon. The hammock. Lovely, isn't it? Yeah, I misjudged you. Yeah, I thought you were pretty hard to get along with. Now I know that isn't true. You're gentle and sweet. Thank you, Top Morton. Paula. Do you mind if I slip my arm around you like this? Mr. Gildersleeve, stop that this instant. Huh? Just what do you think you're trying to do? Yeah, Paula, please. Now, wait. I didn't mean anything by it, honestly. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go home right now. Drop, Morton. Yes? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have such a wicked temper. I really like you very much. You do? <laughs> Paula, I hear bells again. Mm. That's my brother, Rumson, at the front door. Oop, Bullard. I'll sneak out through the hedge. Good night, Paula. Good night, folks. <laughs> Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White and is partially transcribed. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Gail Gordon, Gene Bates, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. Musical compositions by Jack Meekin. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of those famous Kraft quality foods. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. In a sandwich, what do you like best? Say, in a cold beef sandwich, a cheese sandwich, egg salad, salami, what do you like best? 
Well, if you've ever tried it, I'll bet you'll say Kraft prepared mustard. Because when you add a little Kraft mustard, you add a lot of tang. In fact, there are two kinds of Kraft mustard. Salad mustard, mild and delicately spiced, and Kraft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both on hand. And remember, the next time you make a sandwich, when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Buy Kraft's prepared mustard. Here, your humble host. Next on NBC. Yes, there you have it, friends. The Great Gildersleeve from September 19th, 1951. When Gildersleeve meets a brand new girlfriend, it's, uh, who that evil neighbor, Bullard. Wouldn't you know, that evil neighbor Bullard has a pretty sister, and her name is Paula Winthrop. Well, they finally, Paula Winthrop, <laughs> finally thawed out a little bit towards the end of the show and showed Gildersleeve just a sign that Maybe she likes him. <laughs> sleeves thrilled. <laughs> and, and Leroy, well, he made it through his first day of school. Maybe it wasn't as bad as he thought. Well, the only thought that Gildersleeve has in mind is, when is he going to get to see Paula again? Well, well, now, now I know I've been told by our engineer he woke up. He told me that we got a visitor outside. He's coming up the steps. He, he's arrived. Open the door. Well, if it isn't our favorite drunk, <laughs> Frank Fontaine, better known to you and me as Crazy Guggenheim. Hiya, Joe. It's good to be back here on the Sounds Like Radio Show. This is the first time I've been back this season. A brand new season, huh, Joe? That's right, Frank. You know, we were off where we were. I wasn't off. Actually, I was here every week. But uh, the great Gildersleeve was on a vacation during the summer. And we're back now in full force with all new Gildersleeve shows and all new music. And that means it's time to bring back Frank Fontaine. Crazy Guggenheim. That's me, Joe. Yeah, Crazy, I know you'd love to sing songs. You know I do. I do love to sing a song. What are you going to sing for us today? Well, I heard you talking about the great Gildersleeve and how he wants to meet Paula Winthrop. Well, he met her. You know, he met her. He just wanted when he's going to meet her again. That's right. He wants to know, when will I meet her again? And then when we do, oh, sparks will fly. And that's what he says. He says, till we meet again, that's when we're going to have good times. Well, I don't know if he's going to have good times with Paula Winthrop. She's kind of icy. Yeah, you know, I noticed that. Maybe it won't be such good times. Well, you never know. Gildersleeve has a way. Anyway, here is Crazy Guggenheim, and till we meet again. Smile while you kiss me Saturday. Clouds grow by, I'll come to you. Then the skies will seem more blue. Down in lovers' lane, 
Nice, Frank. Crazy Guggenheim singing Till We Meet Again. Frank, you do such a great job of singing these songs. Thanks, dude. I enjoy singing. You know that? And you know, Frank, I mean, crazy. I never know what to call you. I'm going to call you crazy right now. You know, crazy, I know you enjoy singing because you you do it so effortlessly. All, all you got to do is close your eyes and start singing. It's just marvelous. Thanks, dude. I guess I'll be going. That's right, Frank. But we're going to have you back again for more music. Only you can sing the songs the way you can sing them, you know. I know. I'm kind of unique. Yeah, you you, you are unique. Well, well, crazy. I'm going to thank you for coming. We'll, we'll see you again. Uh, he, he. There's the door, Frank. He, he doesn't take a hint too well. Yeah, see you, Frank. Oh, there it goes. The great crazy Guggenheim here on Sounds Like Radio. Hope you enjoyed a little visit from Frank. You know, Leroy had to go back to school, and, and he didn't like it. I, I know, I remember, I, I remember when I was going to school and I'm being a kid, and when I started seeing those ads in the newspaper about back to school, and then you started seeing them TV ads about going back to school and getting school supplies. Oh, it depressed me. Yeah, I really, I really did not like seeing them ads. And, and even when we were, would go on vacation, we would usually go the last week of August. One time we even went in early September, and there there was constant reminders of going back to school. 
I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. Well, yeah, back in the old days, I used to listen to Golden Records. As a little kid, well, my first records were Golden Records. You remember Golden Records? They were all the records meant for kids. Well, I got a Golden Record here, sung by Ann Lloyd and the Sandpipers. A Golden Record, perfect for Leroy, because it's once again time for... School days. Hurry up, Johnny. It's half past eight. It's the first day of school, and you mustn't be late. Oh, I don't have to be there till quarter to ten. I've got lots of time. So sing it again. Sing what? That school day song. You know, the one when you were a girl in Calico. Oh, you mean the song we used to sing when I first went to school. Yes, that's the one. Sing it again. Taught to the tune of a hickory stick I was your girl in calico You were my bashful barefoot bow I rode on your slate I love you, Joe When we were a couple of kids Don't you know? To everyone be kind and true, just as you'd have them be to you. And if you obey that simple rule, you're sure to be happy at school. Well, Johnny, tell me all about your first day at school. How did you like it? And what did you learn? Well, it wasn't like I thought it would be. A lot of things seemed strange to me, but I liked it. School days, school days, brand new golden rule days. I've got a pencil and paper too, crayons all yellow and red and blue. I learned to write my ABCs. I learned that one and two Soon I'll be adding five and nine. I think school is gonna be fine. School days, school days, brand new golden rule days. You'll have a pencil and paper too, crayons all yellow and red and blue. I learned that too. Soon I'll be learning so much more. And soon you'll be adding 12 and 8. I think school is gonna be great. Well, you know what? That kid's got a, a, better, a better attitude than I did. <laughs> I, I don't ever remember thinking, I think school's gonna be great. Yeah. Well, you know, for some kids it is great. I can't say everybody has a bad experience. Uh, you know, the older I got, the better I did like school, actually. I remember being in high school, and I, I rather liked it in high school. In fact, I had a good time in high school. 
But up until then, he, it was Moida. <laughs> oh, eh, yeah, well now, uh, little Leroy, he has to go back to school. Gildersleeve, he's not too concerned because he's too concerned with Paula Winthrop. Figuring out, number one, who she is, and number two, trying to get her to like him. <laughs> trying to figure out some way to meet her. Eh, that's, that's Gildersleeve's problem, but Leroy's problem... He doesn't think school is great, but you know, now he's going to try to get on the teacher's good side. But how? How is he going to do it? Well, one day Leroy turned on the radio, and there was Bing Crosby and Connie Boswell advising him exactly what to do in this situation. Bing Crosby and Connie Boswell here to sing an apple for the teacher. That's what she wants. <laughs> Here's Bing. You're sophisticated. That was Connie. I think I'm naive. That was Bing. Well, let's play the game that way. Yes, that's what I believe. An apple for the teacher. That seems the thing to do. Because I want to learn about romance from you. An apple for the teacher Just to show that I'm meek and mild If you insist on saying That I'm just a problem child You're gonna get all my attention And your wish will be my rule And maybe you'll be good to me Just keep me after school An apple for the teacher That's how I better start then after a while you may give in and let me bring my heart. An apple for the teacher, that seems a thing to do. Because I want to learn about romance from you. An apple for the teacher. To show I'm meek and mild If you insist on saying That I'm just a problem child You'll get all my attention Your wish will be my rule And maybe you'll be good to me And keep me after school An apple for the teacher That's how I'd better start then after a while you may give in and let me bring my heart an apple for the teacher is always going to do the trick not if you didn't study your arithmetic i got an apple for the teacher gonna meet with great success well it won't if you didn't memorize the Gettysburg address I got a little bit of glamour and the charm that's cute and quaint I may excuse your grammar and believe you were that you ain't I got an apple big red apple for the teacher that's how I'm fixing to start then after a while I may give in and let you bring your heart 
then after a while she may give in and let you bring your heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Connie Boswell and Bing Crosby. Yeah, an apple for the teacher. From an, I believe that came originally from a movie, but the song was recorded in 1939. And it's here on Sounds Like Radio Now. So it doesn't really matter when it was recorded, because you're hearing it right now. Well, friends, that, that's going to do it for the show, but it, we got a little bit of extra time, and you know what I like to do with extra time. <laughs> I pick out a song that really has nothing to do with the great Gildersleeve. I pick out a song that I like, a song that I'd like to hear again. Yeah, hey, here's Johnny Hartman, great jazz singer. He, he had a great style, and he did an album with the Jazz Man Extraordinaire. John Coltrane, an exploit on the saxophone. Yeah, John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman got together to record an album, and here's a neat song they did. Here's Johnny Hartman and I'm Glad There Is You. More than ever, I'm glad there's you. I'll 
to live I'll live to love you beside me This road so new I'll muddle through with you to guide me in this world where many many play at love and hardly any stay in love John Hartman. <laughs> Johnny Hartman is what he likes to be called. Johnny Hartman. And the great John Coltrane. I got him sort of confused there. John Coltrane, Johnny Hartman. He, he, you try to figure it out. Johnny Hartman, of course, doing the singing there. That I do know for a fact. And uh, he is a very unique and great singer. And I, I love listening to Johnny Hartman albums. Ah, yes, especially when there's a romantic evening involved. Put on a Johnny Hartman <laughs> album. <laughs> oh, it's going to conduct yourself into a spell of loveliness. <laughs> yes, thinking of, <laughs> thinking of being in a spell of loveliness, that's what we've been in for this past hour or whatever it's been here on Sounds Like Radio. Why? Because we're back on Sounds Like Radio listening to the great Gildersleeve and the greatest music of all time. We will be back again next time with more Gildy, more music, and more me, your humble host. Until then, I am me saying so long for now. Hope you enjoyed the show. Goodbye, everybody, and I do thank you all for listening.